Okay, I'm going to do it. I am going to do it. Here is today's haiku. Trump is coming home. The media flips again. Joe's got some issues. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. I know I have not been very consistent this week. Um, I've got a few things going on. One, if you hear me sniffing and everything, I think I've got a cold. I don't think it's COVID. I actually ran, so I, I doubt it's COVID or anything like that. Uh, but you're not going to get it through the radio, probably. I do have a, uh, a pop filter, so chances are you're going to be absolutely safe. But um, I also have legal issues. i got to deal with my ex-wife again. That's not really a huge legal issue, but it's just a pain in the ass. So I haven't been really motivated to do this. And the other problem is the podcast I wanted to do, I couldn't do because just too much weird stuff is actually happening in the world. So, hey, if you want to read about Joe Biden and Donald Trump's debate, go to my website at www.dumbasstalkingpolitics and read about what I think about it. I don't want to talk about it much. I don't think it was a great debate. Uh, And the reason I don't think it was a great debate is because I think Donald Trump was already sick and he wasn't feeling well and he got antsy. So let's go. Let's get, uh, first off, the first thing we need to do is let's get a COVID update on President Trump. Um, This comes from the White House physician, a guy named Sean Conley. I don't, he's, doesn't say Dr. Sean Connolly, but I, you know, hey, I'm going to trust him. Quote, President Trump continues to do well, having made substantial progress since diagnosis. This evening, he completed a second dose of, okay, remetisphere without complication. He remains fever-free and off supplemental oxygen with a saturation level between 96 and 98% all day. 96% is good not great. You'd want to see the typical person has a pulse ox of 98%. Um, So it's adjusting. But when you're in the 80s, you've got some problems. And when you're in the 70s, you're you're basically choking to death. I know this because one of my daughters was actually um, premature. You see a sniff? Yeah, that's, that's what's happening. Quote, he spent most of the afternoon conducting business and has been up and moving about the medical suite without difficulty. While not yet out of the woods, the team remains cautiously optimistic. The plan for tomorrow is to continue, and this was released Saturday, uh, is to continue observation in between doses of remetisphere, closely monitoring his clinical status while fully supporting his conduct of presidential duties. There was a little concern on Friday. It was reported that Trump was fatigued, his temperature was rising, he was having shortness of breath, and his pulse ox had dropped to concerning levels. Now, here's the thing that the White House, they don't want you to panic. I don't know what concerning levels means. If it's low 90s, he's still getting enough oxygen, yet he needs to be around 98%, 97%. 96% is not great, okay? Uh, if he's in his 80 percentile, uh, you got some concerns there. And I know this for a fact. I spent four, I spent three months with my daughter doing nothing but monitoring her pulse ox. 
because when a baby is born premature, typically the pulse ox is very low. We're talking 70s. So she's not getting enough oxygen for her brain, and that's a bad thing. <clears throat> and by the way, what pulse ox is, is the amount of oxygen. When you take a breath in, how much oxygen are you getting from the uh, the breath that you just took? 96, 98, I'd say 97% to 100% is about normal. 100% no one does that, unless you're a super breather, but that is a thing. So it is concerning. Um, there was never a thought about implementing the 25th Amendment. So it's very possible. Now, I'm not sure what the White House was doing, if they were hiding some of this stuff or not. I would think they're probably hiding some of it. you got to remember, President Trump has the right to privacy when it comes to his health records. Um, they may have been hiding some of this stuff, but they didn't think he was bad enough to implement the 25th Amendment. Um, Mike Pence was never the president. And that's fine. That's fine. We can't really know the condition of the president. Uh, and that's what I really want to point out. We, we really don't know. And I guarantee you when President Trump gets out or or McElnaney goes out there and starts interviewing, that'll be the first thing to the president lie. Maybe. But that's none of your business. That's none of our business. He's got the same right to privacy that I do. Let's just say I do have COVID and you can get it through this microphone. If I don't want to tell you I've got COVID, that's my business. It's none of your business. That's my right to privacy. My medical records are secured. I'm sure something will be leaked soon saying that, you know, we're all I'm we're all going to die or whatever because the president decided to leave out. But the reality is they talked about it and they said the president could be released as early as Monday. So apparently things are not as bad. Um, there was some concern on Friday. They did say that it's he probably does need to stay and the first three days are going to be the toughest. 10 to 14 days later, he's not going to be contagious. And he looked good. I don't know. He looked good. So this is all good news. I'm, I want to apologize to all the people that wanted the president to die. But he's he's probably going to survive, and that's awesome. Uh, Twitter actually said they would uh, ban the tweets or delete the tweets that of all, all those people that said President Trump should die. Um, mind you, they may have deleted them. I don't know. I didn't bother looking, but I, I gave, I gave up on Twitter for a while. I just wanted to back off of it because it's just so freaking annoying, but, um, I'm sure they didn't suspend anybody, which is amazing. So the media is being completely awesome. So let's read this. This is from the daily wire. According to the New York times, Ben Smith top Ben Smith Top reporters at all three major newspapers in the nation, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the Los Angeles Times, have been assigned to update President Trump's obituary. A little wishful thinking here. Those reporters include Peter Baker at the New York Times, Mark Fisher at the Washington Post, and Mark Z. Barabak at the Los Angeles Times. Smith claimed people from various papers confirmed to him. Smith noted of the reporters arrayed at Walter Reed Military Hospital on Sunday that the White House press corps is working 
with admirable aggression and openness. We need. I don't know about that, about the openness thing. I, they may have said things. They may have not. I don't know. We need to know who's in charge of the government. Uh, President Trump was in charge of the government, so I'm not exactly sure what they were looking for. He never left government. And to understand the outcome of President Trump's long evasion of coronavirus crisis as Americans begin to vote. Yeah, there you go. So they, politi- they basically politicized President Trump getting coronavirus. Um, this was a great article. You should read it. Go to my website and take a look at the, the article because there was a couple of doctors that actually pointed out, you know, something, these guys should probably know a little bit of science before they sit and start announcing things like we're working on President Trump's obituary and they should ask good questions like what is his pulse ox? What is his um, heart rate? What is heart damage? Uh, is there fatigue? Things like that. Ask scientific questions before you start basically putting Donald Trump into the ground, which is what they were doing. Um, there were other things. That wasn't the best. Uh, it, well, it was, it was pretty good. I did not think they were going to write obituaries for the guy yet. Come on. Earlier this weekend, it was pointed out to Trump, while taking a picture signing a document, was signing a blank document. I saw the document on uh, Twitter, which is why I basically, I basically left Twitter, or just not left, i still on Twitter, but I just, ugh. And, you know, something I really don't think too much about it, um, what they're basically saying is he was faking to work. Okay, maybe he was. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't really care. Or maybe he was signing a document that only had a few words on it and could not be viewed by the still picture that was taken. Or maybe the White House edited the picture because he was signing something that was classified. The big question comes is, who cares? He's up. He is sitting in a chair with COVID under treatment at Walter Reed Hospital. No one doubts he was at Walter Reed Hospital. Nobody doubts it. Then there was another story that said that the pictures taken showing Trump throughout the weekend working were actually taken all at the same time so that Trump could uh, supposedly lie in bed and die uh, and still look like he was in control of the country. They said there were time stamps and crap like that. Okay, maybe? So Trump got up, changed his clothes, and took another photo op. Ah, it's so frustrating. And you know something? Here's the thing. People don't believe anything that the media says now because it's everything is negative. By the way, how about this? Here's something wild and crazy. Trump's doing better. He's doing okay. Everyone says he's doing okay. Trump has made several video announcements, or a couple of video announcements saying, you know, I'm okay. I'm working. Don't worry. Maybe that's a story? Not let, oh no, no. He is, these are conspiracy theories. The last two especially. These are conspiracy theories. And they're stupid. They're really dumb. Why bother doing on it? Why bother doing it? Do these guys, here's the question with the media. Do these guys have to be assholes 
24-7? Can they understand that the president actually did have a deadly disease? And I told you on Friday, this is a deadly disease, especially a man for him who's overweight, not by a ton, but he is overweight, and he's 74 years old. Can't you just let the man, I don't know, can't you just let the man heal and be happy that this guy didn't die? No, they can't because they hate they hate Trump so much they want him to die. And you know what I thought. You heard my Friday show because I got, well, maybe you did, but I, I really have negative thoughts. I'm very cynical this year. I can't wait for January 1st, 2021. You're going to see me out on the streets cheering and like, because it's over. And wait till you hear my special that's going to be about all the crap that happened in 2021. But I'm just happy to see the president's back. And um, with this next story, Joe Biden's not going to be really thrilled that the president is back. So here's an uh-oh for Creepy Joe. And I'm going to quote a lot of this stuff. This is also from the Daily Wire, but it's from several different media outlets. DumbassesTalkingPolitics.com has what's going on here. On Saturday, the day after it was revealed that President Trump had con- contracted coronavirus, a new poll from John Zogby Strategies was taken, and it showed something very scary for Mr. Biden. Um that Trump's not down as much as a lot of people think. Now, let's get something very, very clear. We're going to talk about this later. Um, John Zobby's organization actually basically predicted the 2008 election and John Zobby's uh, recommendation for 2016 did not have any They said, these polls are not right. They actually said, there's something wrong with these polls. You cannot make this prediction. It's not going to happen. And then Donald Trump ended up winning. What they did say was, Hillary was going to win by 2 million in the popular vote. Guess what? Hillary won by 2 million in the popular vote. She lost the Electoral College, which is what counts, which is why um, the Democrats want to eliminate it. Joe Biden now is up by two points, 49 to 47. The margin of error is like four and a half percent. So it is technically a dead heat. Zogby ran a poll in uh, July and found that Biden was leading Trump by 7%. August 29th, it dropped to 6%. The poll which surveyed a thousand people, a little over a thousand people, literally little a uh, thousand six people, of likely voters, and I'm quoting that, quote, likely voters, end quote, across the nation stated that Biden, quote, is leading among Democrats 91 to 8 percent. Okay, that's good. Voters 18 to 29 years old, 60 to 35 percent. That's good for Biden. And those 30 to 49 He's leading 50 to 45 percent. He's leading among women, 56 to 41 percent. He's leading among progressives, 85 to 15 percent. 
Liberals, 85 to 14%, and moderates, 58 to 36%. He also is leading among Hispanics, 61 to 34%, and Blacks, 87 to 11%, which, by the way, is, uh, I think that's a raise of 3%. Now, a lot of people sit back and say that Trump is looking at between 20 and 30% of the black vote. I don't know. I have no idea. We're going to have to look at it. Um, Zigbee wrote that, uh, contrary to my own observations, it looks like the president has not been hurt by his debate performance nor his hospitalization. His 47% performance is actually one point higher than his vote percentage in 2016. For now, he appears to be have consolidated his base of whites, parents, conservatives, men, and his own party's voters. Joe Biden looks as if he's on his way to doing the same with his base. His numbers among Hispanics are respectable, but not quite 66-67%, which is what he really needs. The same with blacks. His 86% is better than our last poll, but he needs 90%, especially in those key battleground states of Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, North Carolina, and Georgia. And by the way, Biden is having issues in those states. That's why he's out there. Michigan is run like trash by Democrats. Pennsylvania is run like trash by Democrats. People are getting really sick about it. And I got news for you. I don't think Maryland is out of the question for Trump either, even though Maryland is a very democratic state. His 60 to 35% lead among voters is about where he needs to be. Our last poll had Mr. Biden strongly among independents, but now the two candidates are tied with 12% still undecided. Again, in 2008, Zogby Zogby got 49 out of 50% correct. 49 out of 50 states correct. In a 2016 statement, just to see how he did in 2016, which the, um, which the polls really messed up, this is what he said. Three weeks before the election, despite Hillary Clinton's double-digit leads in most polls at the time, he declared, I can't tell you who's really going to win. Tell me who will vote, and I'll tell you who will win. If we get around 132 million votes, as we did in 2008 and 2012, Hillary wins. If we get 121 million votes, as we did in 2004, Trump wins. We actually got around 126 million, giving Clinton about a 2 million vote lead in the popular vote. Shortly after the election day, with 122 million votes counted, her lead was closer to 200,000. Several million voters, particularly Democratic-leaning people in the north-central states, helped tip those states to Trump. So Zogby assessed he looks quite accurate. Zogby continued. And by the way, this is an individual. This is a consulting firm. But John Zogby is actually an individual who does this for a living. Zogby did not poll the horse race after two weeks before the election. Though our last poll had Clinton leading by two points, with that said, I think it is more of a combination of mis a misunderstanding on how the Reid polls and a media that really wanted Donald Trump to lose. 
so much that they screened out any other possibility. So in other words, Zogby stopped reading the polls. Why? They weren't going to be accurate. Another thing that Zogby is saying is that two weeks before the election, the polls are going to be completely inaccurate. Okay. He was right in 2008. He was right in 2016. He was very accurate in 2012. And 2012, I think, was pretty much a slam dunk. So Zogby isn't even going to analyze these polls after in two weeks. He's, he's just, there's no point. And he actually, he gives it a breakdown of 10 days because the polls are now going to start. In other words, pollsters actually twist the information. They're not accurate. The, the information is not, may not be accurate. The statistics may not be accurate. Very interesting that you actually hear, heard this from a pollster. Now, here are the problems with polls, and there are a bunch of them, and you've probably heard them all. Uh, first off, their sample sizes are too small. A hundred, a thousand people is not a sample size. We have 350 million people in this country. I, I'm sorry, you're going to interview a thousand people? That's not exactly a real accurate polling size. You interview a hundred thousand people? Okay, maybe I'll give you something there. But most polls don't go over... 1,000 to 2,000 people. They really don't. The organization that takes the poll could also be extremely biased. I see a poll from NBC News. Eh. I see a poll from um, the Wall Street Journal combined with CNN Uh, because they're both collecting information. Wall Street Journal, which is right-leaning, but they're, they're very moderate newspaper versus CNN, which is left-leaning. I, you can't trust this stuff. All right, It's just very difficult to trust all this stuff. The other problem is the questions may not lead. The questioning is very important. It may not lead pollsters in the right direction. Now, if you've ever been polled, now I told Dave once, Dave Dave asked me, well, have you ever been polled? I said, no, that's not true. I have been polled once. I didn't realize I was polled until I thought about it. They don't ask you who you're going to vote for. They can't ask you who you're going to vote for. You know why? It's illegal. So they ask you other questions. Do you believe that abortion is a right? Do you believe that climate is affecting the economy of the country? Do you believe garbage like that? And then what the person answers, they stick into a computer, and then that computer says he's likely to vote for A or B. Okay? Some of the questions can be misleading. And so you may say, well, yeah, I think climate change is, is, not a, is, is a thing. Like if someone asked me, is climate change a thing? Is that something we should worry? Is climate change something that, that could happen? That's a bad question. Because I'm going to say, yeah, it could happen. It's happening. We already know it's happening. That's a bad question. And that might lead me towards Biden. So questioning on these polls is very important. And usually it's about 10 to 12 questions that may not, that may lead the pollster to believe that Johnny and Billy are, are uh, Trump or uh, 
uh, Clinton supporters or Biden supporters, when in fact, no, I'm a Trump supporter, you just asked a really bad question. Now, these questions can be done on purpose or by accident. Okay, they're done by accident because you've got crappy people who don't know how to ask questions or don't know how to write questions. Very common, probably the most common. But the other thing is a lot of pollsters want you to answer these questions in a certain way so that Biden does get the extra support. Because if Biden, if it doesn't look like Biden's going to lose, if it looks like that Biden is going to win and he's going to win by 10 points, then maybe the Republicans stop going out to vote. Maybe we just don't vote. See, here's the thing with elections. It's also important to stop your rivals people from voting for you. That's a thing. Trump does it. I'm sorry, I'm sniffing. I know, I'm sorry. Trump does it. So does Biden. So does the press. So do pollsters. I am not big trusting in pollsters. I, I, I don't. I, I like to listen to the polls, but I don't get emotional about them. Here's the other thing. Likely voters versus eligible voters. This is a, this is a bigger one than we thought. With, um, with uh, Zogby, he actually polls likely voters. He doesn't poll... Uh, poll um, eligible voters. Here's a little dirty secret. Eligible voters don't necessarily vote. They're actually very low. Likely voters are people who have voted the last 10 years. So when you see a poll that says eligible voters said that Biden is going to win 52 to 38, yeah, you better put up a red flag right there. This is why excitement of the base is so important. Trump has it. Biden does not. The left does not like Biden. The left does not trust Biden. So that's not a thing for Biden. Eligible voters? Well, the Antifa member who doesn't believe in voting can be, is an eligible voter. And he'll say, yeah, I'm going to vote for Biden. Then he never goes and vote. Likely voters are guys who voted before. Yeah, well, I'm going to vote. Republicans have a history of being more likely to vote than Democrats. That's just a fact. That's happened since Reagan. That is just a fact. So I I like to see polls where they actually interview likely voters, not eligible voters. Finally, the last point is the most cynical, but it's not exactly inaccurate. People lie. They refuse to answer. Now, I think it can be considered cynical, but I'm not so sure it's not accurate. Let's let's look at something. Right now, you wear a MAGA hat, there's a good chance you're going to get beaten up. You're definitely going to get harassed. Yeah? So is it surprising that some voters out there just don't want to talk to you about it? I think there's far more support for Trump than we're led to believe. I really do. And I'm not exactly sure. And by the way, when I say people lie or refuse to answer, um, people lie includes the pollsters themselves. So I'm not really sure 
this I, I have a feeling this Trump this election is gonna not be as close as we thought it was. I think it'll be contested. I mean look that gal in frickin' Georgia still thinks she's governor in Georgia and she lost by fifty thousand votes. But we've got to we've got to look at this and say and be honest we can't trust polls 100%. That's why it's so important to vote. And by the way, the left is screaming on all these sports programs and all go out and vote, go out and vote because their people don't vote. And the right is saying it the right is saying it is because they know you guys do vote and we need you to keep doing it. And if we vote, we'll win. It's just, it's really kind of sad. So here's my prediction. Um, I'm going to Los Angeles with my dad to watch the debates. Uh, Not the debates, excuse me. Watch the election. I don't think we're going to find out who won on November 3rd. I really don't. Now, they talk about a red mirage. Uh, It's possible. It's possible. It looks like that Trump wins on um, election day but then loses seven days later. I don't think we're going to find a, we're not going to get a candidate. We're not going to get an election win or a discovery on November 3rd. I think it's going to take about a week, maybe two weeks. I think there's going to be a lot of fighting about it, which I think is really bad. And actually will prove we can't do this mail-in balloting bullshit. We need to actually go to the polls and vote. I mean, if you don't want you don't want to go out because of COVID or whatever crap you're talking about, then here's what you do. Really crazy. You get an absentee ballot. And you request an absentee ballot. So I, I don't think we're going to get a heck of a lot of answers on election day. But I'm going to party. I am going to party. I'm gonna. We're going to an election party. All us conservatives are going to get in there and we're going to talk and talk shit and have a good time. Uh, I'm still going to have a good time. I still love election season. So this last story, I, I'm not even shocked about. I, it just seems it's all this crap is so predictable from the Democrats. They are just so terrible. Uh, so. This is a statement I say constantly, and i got to say it again, never let a good crisis go to waste. I seem to be saying this just a ton lately. And i got to be honest with you, it makes me wish I came up with it so that I could, like, I don't know, make money off of it. It's just, oh, but it's so true. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer called on Republicans again to delay the Supreme Court confirmation hearings of Judge Amy Comey Barrett. And that's because it was not going to be safe for those senators to actually come in and interview her. Schumer said, quote, it makes no sense if it's not safe for the Senate to meet in session. It's not safe for the hearings to go forward. Yay. For Mitch McConnell to go ahead with the hearing that endangers the safety of not only of senators, but of staff who work diligently on the Hill, and they ought to be delayed. There is no reason in God's green earth, he doesn't believe in God, by the way, he's a Jew, uh, well, he's, no, Jews believe in God, but he doesn't believe in God, he's an atheist, so let's be careful with God's green earth thing. Why these shouldn't be delayed 
other than an effort to rush a witness through an inadequate hearing where people can't even see the witness face to face. So we are demanding today, along with millions of Americans and many, many groups, that the hearings be postponed. Those groups are Antifa and BLM. Mitch McConnell said, no way. The hearings will continue. If they have to, they will be virtual. But the hearings will go on. And by the way, um, you if, unless you have a really shitty computer, um, you can actually see everybody in the hearings through Zoom. So it's really not that bad. So Chuck Schumer sat back and said, a virtual hearing is virtually no hearing at all. Um, huh? They've been doing virtual hearings for months now. Suddenly they don't work? I continue. You need to be with the witness and have direct cross questions and back and forth with them. Uh, and you can't do that with a virtual hearing? I seem to remember there were lots of cross-examinations in virtually when this whole thing started, when they were doing hearings. This is just a temper tantrum. And it's not going to go anywhere. Okay, let me give you my prediction. You ready? You ready? And I've got to go quick because I don't have a lot of time. Amy Coney Barrett is going in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee. It will be virtual because two in two Republicans in the Senate Judiciary Committee have COVID. Next, the Senate Judiciary Committee is going to recommend a confirmation vote for the entire Senate. Third, the Senate is going to vote. Fourth, the Senate is going to confirm her. They have the votes by a long shot. It's not even going to be close. If every Democrat says no, doesn't matter. She's going to get confirmed. Five, President Trump will swear her in. Six, she will get that snazzy little black dress garment thing that all those Supreme Court justices wear. Maybe she'll put a collar on it. I don't know. Celebrate our BG. I don't know. Finally, she will be a Supreme Court justice. It's a done deal. It's going to happen. All this stuff is just fluff. There's nothing the Democrats can do about it. And you know what's going to happen in the legal world? Probably not much. The Democrats are probably throwing absolute fits for nothing. Roe versus Wade and abortion will still be legal. Roe versus Wade is not going anywhere. It's not going to be overturned. Obamacare ain't going anywhere. There's too much precedence over it. It's going to stay there. They may remove certain parts of it that cost other people a ton of money. But it's not going anywhere. Gays can still get married. <coughs> There's precedence. It ain't going anywhere. Jim Crow is not going to be reinstated. Blacks are not going to have to drink out of separate water fountains from whites. Blacks are not going to be told they can't vote. Any of that crap. That's not going to happen. Here's something else. No one's going to die of the Wuhan flu because of the 
um, because of the confirmation hearings. Nobody. The left is being so dumb about this. It's really, you know, I I, I tell you, it, it's irritating, but it should be expected, right? It should be expected. And I don't take politics seriously. I think politics are kind of fun. I really don't think this country... Here's here's the thing. If Coney Barrett gets nominated to the Supreme Court, it'll be a 6-3 advantage over uh, the left on the Supreme Court. And by the way, the left, when we say the left, there's going to be kind of an issue because one of the Supreme Court justices isn't left. He's kind of a moderate leaning left. So I don't think anything's going to happen even if Biden wins. It could. We should worry about it. Yeah. But let's not let's not flip flip out. Like the left does. Let's let the flip left flip out. Let's let the left left actually destroy cities. That would be awesome. Because people don't like that. Trump is going to win this election. He's going to win it by probably a lot. I think there's a possibility we may know on November 3rd who wins the election. And it may be a real... I got news for you. California cheats on their ballots and things. So I got a feeling my ballot will get lost or not be counted because it wasn't legal or whatever. And I'm not dropping my ballot off in the effing mail. That's not going to happen. I'm going to find a polling place. I'm going to drop it up, drop it off at the polling place. But the left is really being dumb now. There was something that Ben Shapiro said. All the left had to do to win this election was not go crazy. They've gone crazy. They're they're just 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 being absolutely insane. There is no reason why this Supreme Court nominee can't be elected. Okay. So you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Pod, uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I've actually got a couple of articles there. One article was about the debate last week. Uh, that I didn't talk about. I need to keep up with the news because there's just so much news going on. I can't even keep up. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbass Talking Politics. <laughs> <laughs>